Burroughs, better known as Pastor B on campus. Uh, it's so good to greet you. But I'm also here to kind of give you an update of what's going on in the next following weeks. On August 12th at 7 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall, we are beginning a small group. We hope that you can engage with us. It'll be about discipleship. It's also going to be led out by me. And if you make it that evening, we're going to plug you in to, to, to projectively see what the following weeks will look like in regards to that book of discipleship. Secondly, in August 14, Saturday evening, here we are going to be doing a ministry fair along with the Pathfinders and the Adventurers in the Fellowship Hall. So the intent here is to have fun, but also trying to see what opportunities there are for you to actually engage in ministry here at Spring Meadows. The third thing will be September 11, after potluck, we are going to be having a leadership training for all lay uh, our laymen, as well as our just all of our volunteers and church leaders, so that we can kind of see what's up in regards to just ministry as a whole at Spring Meadows. What opportunities are there, but also what can we actually do in terms of just the entire campus? What can we do in regards to planning things out for ministry throughout the year? What is actually expected also for a church leader or somebody who just wants to be engaged with any ministry that you may be interested in? So we'd like for you to participate in those. And really, this small video is an introduction to church ministries as a whole. We hope that you can connect with us in the newsletter where there will be a tab for you to see the dates that are there available so that you can engage in perhaps any departments you might be interested, but also some outreach opportunities that you will have and we will have to be engaged in in the following in this fall coming up. So we hope that you can engage. And if you have any questions, of course, you'll feel free to uh, contact me by email or a call. It's not a problem. Or you can contact the church office in order to see what that may look like. But um, I think we are brewing something here at Spring Meadows. And really at the core of it is that we are all disciples of Christ, which means that we are all growing on a daily basis because the spirit is moving amongst us. And we would like to make sure that we become mature in Christ in all aspects of life so that we are working within God's kingdom in growth, but also in regards to others around us. So we hope that you can participate. We hope that you can engage and we hope that you grow in Christ. Many blessings to every single one of you. And we hope to see you out in one of these dates or in one of these events. Many blessings to every single one of you. God bless. Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I tell you guys, I must ask you a question. How was your week? I hope all of you are cringing on the inside. I see the young people cringing. I apologize. I'm sorry. I am so glad that you have joined us this morning. Thank you for being here. I want to thank those who have joined us online for joining us online. Y'all are awesome. Uh, we are glad to be in the house of the Lord today. We have an awesome worship service planned, and so I hope that you are blessed. Before we go any further, I just want to have a couple announcements. Um, as you guys have probably heard and seen COVID is sort of ramping back up, and so we are strongly encouraging everyone in the sanctuary this morning to please wear a mask. Um, we have some available at the welcome desk. Uh, we just want to be as safe as possible as we're coming back together, as we're seeking Christ. Additionally, uh, today, this afternoon, evening, we have the back-to-school backpack giveaway. And so if you know of a family in need, if you know of a family who is... Uh, 
looking for a little extra school supplies this year. That's going to be happening this afternoon from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. We're going to be giving out backpacks. There's going to be ice cold summer treats and arts and crafts and a reptile encounter. We have partnered with the Pathfinders to be able to put this on and uh, to be able to do this event. We are super excited. Thank you. We are super excited about the different outreach events we have ramping up. We are on the precipice, on the doorstep of a huge, huge opportunity, that being Sanford. And so we're excited about all the things to come when we're going to be sharing our love for Jesus with the community of Sanford. And so this is the first of those. Many are coming. Additionally, tomorrow, happening from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., is a youth high school lake day. So you want to come out to uh, Spring Valley Lake from 11 at 10 a.m. at the Landers Barn. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. I thank you, Father, for your goodness. I pray that you will pour out a double portion of your spirit on us this morning, God, as we come to you in worship. I pray that you will anoint Pastor Barrientos as he shares your word with us, God. This is a strange time. I'm just going to be honest, God, and I pray for your guidance on what to do. Lord, you're coming soon, and so we want to be ready. Thank you so much for your love, God, and for dying on the cross to save us and to set us free. In your name, amen. Church family, I want your affirmation if you agree with this statement. Do we serve a powerful God? Yes. Amen, we do. And do we serve a God that, that we, we should fear? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, right? A God so powerful he can speak universes into existence, and yet one that wants a relationship with us. Maybe he is a God that we should fear, but he's told us that we do not have to. Because not only is he our judge, but he's also the one standing in our place, representing us. And that is a powerful God worthy of praise. Let's sing together this morning.
So open up the gates. So open up the gates. We pray before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? My God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before him. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 is a mighty God. And so with that knowledge that he's a mighty God, but that he loves us, may we boldly come to his throne, bringing everything we are at his feet, that he might take it and he might transform it into something magnificent for his glory and not for ours. Let's try this chorus here together, singing praises to our Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the one risen Son of God. Let's try that again. We'll learn this together. And hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, 
you all now. If you have something on your hearts, please grab a prayer request card and bring it up to the front. Uh, Nadine's going to have her Bible here, and she, um, she's going to be collecting those for you now. Let's sing this last verse together. Open my perfect spotless righteousness, the great i 
a dream that Ellen White had over a hundred years ago. It's one of my favorites that she shares. And in this dream, she's traveling with this large group of people and some of the people in the group fill their wagons with their stuff, their things, as they edit off on this long journey. Thank you. And the path that they were taking was a steep one and narrow. On one side was a white wall and the other side was a cliff. And as they traveled, the road got more and more narrow and the path got very difficult to the point where the wagon couldn't go safely on this path anymore. So they had to stop, unload the wagon, take their stuff off, put it on the horse, and kept going. And as they kept going, the path continued to get more difficult and more narrow. And soon, the stuff was hitting against the wall and it was getting really dangerous. They thought they were going to fall over the cliff, so they had to stop and get rid of their stuff. And they threw their stuff over the cliff and continued on their way. And as they kept going, it got more narrow. So now the horses couldn't make it and they had to leave the horses behind. And then thin white, white ropes came down the walls and they held onto the ropes as they continued to travel and the path got more difficult, but they held onto the ropes and the ropes moved with them as they walk along this path. The way got difficult and there were some who weren't used to hardship, so they decided they didn't want to climb anymore and they turned back. But the others decided that they would keep going. The path got even worse and they had to take their shoes and their socks off to keep going. But as they kept going and the path got rough, the ropes got bigger and stronger and they held on. At some point they heard loud music and laughter and dancing and vulgar talk coming from below in the cliff, and that made them even want to get to their destination even more. Ellen White shares that she saw blood stain on the walls, and she got sad because she thought the stains was destroying, you know, the wall was so beautiful. But then she realized that the blood stains was actually encouraging the group because now they saw the stains and knew that others had traveled this path before them and had made it. So they held on and they kept going. They got to the end of the road and in front of them was this large chasm. And they thought, what do we do now? Who's actually holding the ropes? And she says that she looked across the chasm and she saw this luscious field. And there was no sun, but there were this beautiful, beautiful beams of light, of gold and silver that illuminated the field. She had never seen anything so beautiful. So they still wondered, who is holding these ropes? And someone said, we've got to keep our hope and trust in Jesus. He's got us this far. We've got to keep holding on to the ropes because the ropes have gotten here, us this far. And then they heard a voice that said, God is holding the rope, do not fear. And James White, Ellen's husband, swung across to the other side. And Ellen followed, and they all followed and landed on the other side in this field, and they sang praises to their God. Pastor Barrientos is going to speak today on endurance. And as I was reading this week's Sabbath school lesson, the author wrote these words. He said, walking with Jesus may not be easy. We may stumble, we may fall. But 
it's a good and right thing to do. And yet we can get up and continue to walk with him at our side. So who's holding our rope? God is. Let us pray. You can kneel or stand or sit. I will keep standing. Father God, we come before you today to give you praise and to worship your holy name, God, because of who you are, your Savior, your friend, your guide, Father. And we thank you for, for that. Father, we ask that you will give us hearts of compassion to see others the way that you see them, Lord, to see the sick and the homeless, Lord. And when we look at them, we see your face, Father, that we will do what you've asked us to do and go out and help those who are less fortunate, Father. We thank you, Father, for, for all the things that you do in spite of us. And now, Father, we pray for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, Father. We pray for those who are sick. And Father, we pray for our country at this time as this pandemic is rising again. Father, we pray that you will bring healing to those who are in need of healing, Father, and hope to those who are in need of hope. And as Pastor B brings your word to us today, Father, we pray that you will soften our hearts and you will help us to listen to your word and forget who is speaking, Father, but know that these words are from you. And we pray, Father, that we leave this place different than how we walked through the doors, that we'll be filled with your Holy Spirit and leave this place to do your work. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. And thank you once again for being our God, we pray. Amen. Hello, church family. I love it when I get to be in here, especially with a wonderful young person. Allow me to introduce to you this morning Sophia Ray Draves. And she has chosen to be baptized. And we've been studying. If you recall, a couple months ago, her cousin Gavin got baptized here. And we were studying together for many months now. But right now, before I do anything further, I would like to, any of the family that is here in support of Sophia, please stand at this time, just right where you are, family. Stand at this time if you are a family, if you are cousin, aunts, uncles, if your friends are here and they want to stand and support. Anyone who supports Sophia and the family in this decision. Thank you. You see, you got a lot of people at Levy Girl. <laughs> Thank you, family and friends. You can sit down at this time. We are so excited about Sophia's choice. I want to tell you that one of the things that I always share with parents is that I want them to choose a date that they will have easy time remembering and can live life with you, but through you. So I can tell everyone about you and your love for them. So I can learn more and more about you. As I have been studying, I have learned so much about your love for everyone, no matter what they've done. I also wanted to say thank you for everything. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my mom and dad, my brother, my grandparents, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, my family friends, and my dogs. They're very important to me. Just like I know I'm important to you, and you are important to me. Thank you for everything else you do for me. 
getting baptized today means that I'm accepting you into my heart for forever and being with you forever when you come to take us home soon. I want to give you everything and I want to live like you and have you in my heart always. I love you, Jesus. Amen. See, I told you I wasn't going to make it So Sophie, because you've chosen Jesus as your Savior, because you're willing to publicly declare to everyone that he's yours for forever, I baptize you in the name of the Father who loves you, in the name of the Son who died to save you, and in the name of the Spirit who walks with you. Amen. Thank you. Friends, if there's anyone, yeah, you can go ahead and go out. If there's anyone who's thinking about baptism, um, please see one of us. We'd be happy to prepare you and study with you. And just know that um, we are so delighted to welcome Sophie into the family of God. As a matter of fact, something I've forgotten to do, and I need to have you help me with this, all those in favor of accepting Sophie into the membership at Spring Meadows Church, please say amen. amen. It's a done deal, girl. You're here. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Praise God for that. And isn't it exciting to know that God is always actively moving and engaging with people, no matter the age, no matter where you're from. God is calling all of us. This morning, I have Jenny Lights here that I'd like to bring up. And we are going to do a profession of faith. What do you say? Now, what is a profession of faith? It's as simple as that it sounds, actually. It's a public statement of the faith that you have. And part of that is that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that you are choosing to be part of a church that exalts His name. And thirdly, that you will belong to this congregation. So... It's going to be part of our excitement to do that this morning. But Jenny has just a minute to tell us, really, how you got here, because this is awesome, and I want you guys to hear it. Thank you, everyone. Um, I uh, grew up Lutheran, um, and I stopped going to church when I was 18, but I still believed, and I had faith in God. And... Then about 11 years ago, um, I was baptized and um, was a member of a couple of churches in the, in, in the Orlando area. Um, then um, I, um, over the su- over last summer um, and COVID hit, I watched a TV special and I was like, I didn't realize that the Sabbath was, the true Sabbath was on Saturday, so... Um, after I realized that, then I went out to search for a Seventh-day Adventist church. And then um, I came across Spring Meadows, and ever since, it's been family. So I feel like it's a home. So thank you. Amen. Praise God. Yes. So God, God, God is good. When Jenny came in through the doors, it takes a lot of courage to go to a place that perhaps you have no idea what you're going to, or who you're going to encounter. But God is good. 
And this morning, before we take uh, just a motion and uh, then we're going to pray for Jenny, I'd like to ask Nadine Hines, Esther Harder, and Kathy Bowen if you could just come on up real quick. You guys are going to represent for us the elder of the church as well as um, Esther as one who's just grown to be a good friend. And then Kathy Bowen, who's been engaging you in the quilting ministry. Uh, Jenny has not only stepped into the church, she's immediately said, how do I plug in, right? And so the very next week she was plugged in, and there she is hanging out with the cool people in church. <laughs> Praise God for that. So I'm going to need a motion from you to accept Jenny Light's uh, profession of faith this morning. If anyone, there's a one, there's a second. All right, all in favor? Praise God. Yes? All right, so moved. Jenny, welcome to the Spring Meadow Seventh-day Adventist Church as a member. We're going to pray for you, Jenny, before you head down. That's all right. Join us as we pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jenny. Thank you for bringing us to her. And this is an amazing opportunity for us to realize how active you are without our consultation. You are moving. And we ask that your spirit itself becomes very clear for Jenny in how she is to grow up in Christ. And we who are witnesses to this greatness, to this power of the gospel, that we learn from it and learn to accept that the Spirit's movement is awesome. And so, Lord, bless us, bless her. May we learn for what you're doing in her life. And we praise you because you are faithful. And this morning, as a body of Christ, we just want to say thank you for including us in your plan. Don't know where we'd be without you but you have a great interest in us. Praise be to you, our King. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Many blessings. I'd like to ask the deacons to please stand. Today's offering, the loose offering, is going to the budget. And I'm going to take the opportunity right now to thank you for supporting the backpack ministry. Some of you not only supported it financially, but when we went out into the neighborhoods to distribute tracts, you were there for the backpack packing event. On last Thursday, you were there. So we ask, Lord, that bless the funds and bless the event today. So at this time, we're going to ask that you will give generously. We need to keep going and we need to reach our community for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gifts. Lord, we ask that you will help us to remember that everything that we own actually belongs to you. We thank you for being so generous, Lord, and we pray that we will be generous in return. Bless these funds, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen, church. 
I encourage you, if you know this next song, to sing along. Um, sing a baptism. It's such a, a victory of the Lord, is it not? Amen. Somebody who said, I'm willing to, to take the plunge, to give my life entirely over to God and, and begin that journey. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, <clears throat> and along that journey, a strong walk of prayer is so important, is it not? That connection that brings us closer to God on a daily basis. So let's sing about the power of prayer now. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Sing, so when I fight. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to you And every fear I'll lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you If you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the
Happy Sabbath, Spring Meadows. So good to be with you this morning. God is so good. What do you say? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your compassion, and what you will do this morning in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like for you to follow me to the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark has this telling parable, and I would like to emphasize one of those parts for today. The sermon has to do with endurance, and perhaps in your mind when we speak about endurance, you immediately are thinking about those superhumans that we're seeing on TV and doing all sorts of things the human body in someone like me would not go well. And so, I would like to this morning shift, pivot possibly, that endurance needs something else to it besides just being strong or flexible enough. I'd like to suggest to you this morning that to endure, you need to have roots. What did I say? To endure, you need to have roots. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you will do. We ask you to speak in Jesus' name. We pray yet again. Amen. So the parable goes like this in chapter 4 of the Gospel of Mark. And again, Mark chapter 4, and again he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat on it. The sea and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. In his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, there was a sower, and he went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came, and they devoured it. The other seed, they fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no what? No depth of what? Of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched because it had no root, and it withered away. Other seed, they fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and they choked and yielded no grain, and the other seeds fell into the good soil, and they produced grain, and growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And then if we skip over to the interpretation of it, verse 13, it goes like this. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The subject really has to do with the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. They hear it, Satan, the uh, 
the adversary of God, in a sense, immediately comes and he takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky grounds. The ones who, when they hear the word, they're pretty excited. When they have no root in themselves, this is the verse that is key to today, when they have no root in themselves, they endure very little. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, because of the word, because of the word, what did I say, everybody? Because of the word, the word. Persecution as a result of the word. Persecution doesn't come with anything else. Problem is that we think persecution means something that someone disagrees with you about. But the Word teaches us that persecution comes as a result of this sort of subject, the Word. And others are the ones who among them have thorns, and they are those who hear the Word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and desires of other things enter in, they choke the Word, and it, provo- and it proves to be unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil, they are the ones who hear the word. They accept it. And what is the key feature of that acceptance? They bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And Spring Meadows said, amen. So when we think about endurance, we like to think about someone who's athletic. Pastor Chandler, where are you? I can't see you. But um, where'd he go? He ran away, didn't he? (laughs) I was going to bug him. The dude's athletic. The dude is muscular and so forth. It's pretty exciting to see how much he gets into the gym. Appreciate that of him. But I want you to think that if if, if endurance relied upon somebody, bodily form was just like that, then we'd all kind of not be in the same page. And thankfully, thank God... That endurance for all of us means something a little bit deeper than the muscular. Thankfully, that the church has something it can rely on, and that thing it can rely on is Jesus Christ. Now, in Jesus Christ, there's something significant here about endurance. It's not that we have endurance, it's that Jesus has endurance. And because we are in Jesus, we have endurance. Does that make sense? The church itself is weak. But the church is all-powerful when it trusts this one, Jesus Christ. Now, for us, it might seem like, well, we already knew that. But it's significant to find that when we talk about endurance in this sense, that endurance has more to do of another sort of aspect of how we come to think about endurance. Throughout the Bible, endurance... You can't just look up endurance and say, well, that's what endurance means. There are different depictions of endurance throughout the Bible. And the biggest depiction is where someone actually sits. What did I say? Endurance has to do where someone actually sits. Throughout the Bible, there are dwelling places. There are words like dwelling. There are words like abiding. There are words like deepening. There are words like aura. There are words like presence. There are words like... For instance, being next to somebody. 
And it's significant that in the Old Testament, we find many of these depictions. For instance, God stood by the gate before he called out Abraham. This Genesis 18. Then you have Exodus 25, 8, where it said, And they shall build me a what? And I shall do what? Dwell among them. Right? Or perhaps Deuteronomy 17, that it talks about that the king of Israel should do one thing, that he should dwell, he should sit on the throne. For what purpose? To reign. So it has an authority aspect to it. So sitting has a lot of depictions of what it entails to be an enduring figure. When it comes to Jesus Christ, we find in Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 11 through 14, that the one who sits next to God is who? Jesus Christ. Where Jesus sits has implications for you and I because it changes the way we think about ourselves in the world. If Jesus sits next to God, right, and we are those redeemed by Christ, and we are the ones who also have been taken up in the sense of what Paul says, that we have been taken up to the heavenly thrones, right? That what, what is of Christ also belongs to those who have been redeemed. Where Jesus sits, we too have that ability of seeing how God offers that to us as well. What does this have to do with endurance? One of the things that the parables was telling us a little bit was about the soil. Bad ground, bad effect of where the seed actually ends, where it lands. And one of the things that we find here is that whenever persecution, tribulation comes its way, the reason why that seed doesn't bear fruit is because as soon as something bad happens, it withers away. And how many times, how many times, I hope I'm not the only one, whenever something happened drastic in our lives, it almost seemed like we wanted to run away from it. Now, when we think about it in a larger picture, think about COVID-19 and how it hit us about a year and a half ago or so, right? Or more. As soon as COVID appeared, lots of things were revealed. For one... Our attitudes, our characteristics, and everything that was brewing underneath actually showed up. How we actually felt about each other. The truth about how we actually think about our decision-making. Everything in relation to how faith plays out, suddenly it was blossoming. And perhaps some of that blossoming wasn't really blossoming, it was just something else. But here's one of the biggest things that you find in the parable. It does matter where the seed lands. And if the seed has to land on good soil, we have to think about us ourselves. Where do we land and where are we actually sitting? Psalm 1, if you go with me there, you'll notice this imagery in Psalm that is quite beautiful altogether about how it thinks about the drenching of it. Chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And check out this imagery. He is like a tree 
planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Right? That imagery, that if it has no roots, it gets withered out. Therefore, the wicked will not stand, know the imagery there, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will do what? It will perish. So there's this contrast, right? The ones who are blessed, they are like trees next to streams of water. Why is the tree so rooted? Because it's planted on good soil. It flourishes. I went to Aberdeen in Scotland, where my school is, kind of, right? And I was on the train going northeast of Scotland, right? And there was something that I, I, I didn't understand so well. How could this grass, this pasture, be so green? I was like, we don't have that back home. We have the stuff that comes from the store, right? You put it right there. But once you're going through that coastline, the grass, the grass, it is gr- it's almost neon green. And the sheep, they weren't those little sheep that you see Jesus hugging on those portraits. You know what I'm talking about. This little thing, and you're like, oh, it's cute. These sheep look like cows. <laughs> they were just full, ready to go. And you keep on going in the train, and you start realizing that it just gets richer and it's green because it's next to water. Obviously, it's an island. But, but this is to say, this is to say, when you have deep roots, it looks pretty good. And, secondly, that it actually has a fruit, not only in how it looks, but it, how it feeds its surrounding. Good grass, good animal. Yeah? Pretty simple, right? Imagine yourself as a tree wherever you are currently in your own life. Are you one who has deep enough roots from which your environment can feed off of? Are you one who's planted with strong roots of which those who surround you can feed off of you? Of which I am nurtured by your very presence. This is the imagery that we find in these who are in this scope of endurance. I find this interesting that it's not only here in the Psalms, but this is what's actually told to us in Ephesians chapter 3. Notice what it says here um, in verse 16 and on. It goes like this. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and on, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height, what is the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It even gets richer in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It goes like this. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, 
rooted and built in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in what? Thanksgiving. So, the underneath stuff, the deepness of who we are, says a lot about the type of fruit we bear. So, endurance is in the context, sometimes we need to see it in the midst of tribulation. I think about my uncle, William Danis, really, from Virginia. He's about 94 at the moment. 94. And I can only think about him being in the midst of the family reunions. Everybody's arguing about something. Well, you didn't call me. Well, you didn't. You've been there before? Well, maybe I'm the only one, but my family's arguing about this and that and you know, almost to the point where everyone's chastising themselves for it. Except my uncle, he's in the corner just quiet. Are you okay, uncle? Oh, yo estoy bien. I'm good. And then he'll say, I'm praying for these people. (laughs) Because there's a sense that whatever happens around your miss, no one can move you. Secondly, I think a lot about my own wife who is really the foundation of our home in many ways. What do I mean by this? When you think about my wife and myself, you probably think I'm the one who's like all over everywhere, you know, greeting everybody and so forth. We're complete opposites. But whenever things go down, you you know what I mean by things go down? When it becomes serious... There's an immovable sort of spirit within her that sustains all things because there's deep roots underneath, see? Thirdly, here's I think about, a little bit about the rootedness of people. What's amazing is that it's not only about being a tree that actually gives fruit. It's actually people who are around us that create the sort of environment that we desire of which we want to be part of that fruit, I had a mentor of mine who texted me on one time where I was feeling a bit low, very low, actually, and I even questioned a lot about myself. What was I doing? How am I going to do it? I'm actually doubting this. I'm doubting that and so forth. He calls me up out of the blue. He's like, I needed to tell you this. And I said, what's going on? He's like, the Lord was telling me this. Alex, stay tight pray about it, but don't, don't think too much about it. And then he said something that really caught me by surprise. He says, I know that you are questioning a lot of things at this moment. Mind you, I hadn't spoken to him for a couple weeks, but I'm here to tell you this one word. You are special, and God will do in you, in the little things, just, just keep it tight a little bit. Days following after, everything that I had prayed for had come about in my own life. And here's the thing. It's not that this is the cool situation and everything's all right. What I'm trying to tell you is that our surroundings impact everything to do with how we approach everyday life. That sometimes the reason why we don't endure in particular areas of our lives is because there's two things happening. Either we're wanting to use other people's roots that are not rooted in Christ, 
to try to endure in the midst of that tribulation, or we're trying to bear fruit that does not belong to us. So there's two things going on. Our rootedness has no root. It's just fluff. There's nothing there. And secondly, well, I want to have that fruit. Well, you can't have it. It's not your fruit. So wannabe and wishy-washy. So you, you can't have, you can't produce what you can't have because there's no roots, right? Then you're trying to produce fruit that isn't yours. One of the things as a church, even us believers who come together, isn't just to simply say to each other, hey, everything's good. It's actually to evaluate perhaps where are our roots. What is feeding who we are? What is feeding my environment that makes me produce this type of fruit? What is it about this that actually makes me angrier? What is, why is it that in the midst of this group of people, I'm actually becoming more of a gossiper? Perhaps I've been hanging around in the wrong soil. And secondly, perhaps... I haven't been thinking about how much as a tree I'm actually influencing those around me. One of the things about being in Christ is that we truly take the seriousness of what that actually means. To be in Christ is to drink from the well of the wisdom of God and also then supply our environment with God's goodness. Because... I'll tell you one thing. You and I are not just us doing good things. You remember about somebody in your past that did something really enriching in your life that changed everything about where you are in faith today. I think about lots of people. One of those people was someone who I met when I was a kid. I didn't tell you about him earlier, Mr. Checky. I was vacuuming, and you had this Italian immigrant who would notice that I was vacuuming with my mom at her job, and he would pull me to the side, and he'd want me not to vacuum with her. And my mom would be like, what are you kind of doing? You're supposed to be helping me out. He would pull me to the side, and he'd say, Alex, I want you to read one of these National Geographic things, Right? Say, who wants to read? That doesn't make sense. So we'd go, and he says, I'll tell you what. Look at the National Geographic articles. I'll pay you $5 for every article that you read and give me two essays when I get back from work. So guess what I did as a good economist? I read them, and I got paid. Ten bucks, right? Every time I stepped into his house, he was trying to instill in me something very basic. Read. Just read. And here I am, all 55. I'm kidding. But I'm here. Here I am. Reading. Reading is not only just for me. Reading is to enrich that stuff around me. See, so there are things that happen in our lives in faith that happen either early on or happen to us so that we drench from it, we learn from it, we evaluate it, it enriches, it deepens who we are as people. 
But in faith, in faith, as we are in Christ, that ought to fill us up with Christ so that the fruits of which we bear from it, the environment of what we are, are able to bear fruits for the Lord altogether. So, blessed is the man, blessed is the man who does not sit like this withering one. Blessed is the one who sits next to the streams of water. So let me ask you something that we could speak to really quickly in a very basic. What are you sitting next to? And more pointedly, who are you sitting next to? Now, the guy next to you, they're cool people. Jonathan's like, no, Heather's not bad, you know. Yeah. I, isn't it awesome to realize that endurance is about evaluating what's feeding us and evaluating what is the product of that feeding? See, so people of faith are able to do two things. Think about what sort of thing am I producing and what's feeding me as a person? See, then you start learning the ways of the Lord. The ways of the Lord is product for the kingdom of God because you're being fed from the Lord himself. I think about going back to Mr. Checky. And here it goes at the end of it. We notice that he gets to an older age, a lot older age. I never really told this story before older, still cleaning with mom, and he pulls me to the side and he says, you know, we're going <laughs> to, we need to sign a will. I had no idea what a will was to that point, right? But he says, I want your mom to sign here and I want you to sign here as witnesses not realizing really what he was asking me. It just sounded like a witness thing. You just write it out. And you kind of saw how much was given to the child, to another child, to another child. Years future forward, I had been running away from God because I did not want to do pastoral ministry. And I've told you guys this all the time. Who wants to be a pastor? And I was running away trying to think that the medical field is much more cooler than pastoral ministry. And look where I'm at, medical field. But check this out. My excuse was, well, Lord, I don't have the money at all. Foolish. One day we get home, there's this little envelope and it was from Mary Jane Checky, the daughter. Opened it up. It was good to go for an entire year for college. You get the point. You get the point. And there I was, and mom's like, oh my goodness, you got, oh, you're going to, what? What are you going to do with it? And I just started crying because I knew what that meant. 
So there I was, flying out to this lonely and small country called Argentina. And here I'm bugging Alex Harder. Beautiful country, by the way. Let's wind it back. Let's wind it back. Somebody was throwing seed into my life so that it could blossom in the future without me knowing it. See? And, and there I was, not knowing that this thing would be needed so that I could do God's work. And I had no excuse to go from anywhere. I couldn't say otherwise. So running away was easy, but I couldn't run away from the fact that there was enough money to go to school for it. And suddenly, because there were roots being built at the bottom and saying, this is a possibility, feed off of the roots, now we're going to make you a vessel for the kingdom of God. And there we are, Spring Meadows. But that's me. What about you? If you think about what's, being, being, what's feeding you, What's feeding the foundation of who you are? That Jesus is not just a principle. That Jesus is not a paper thing. That Jesus is not just a concept. That Jesus is not just something vague. That this is the only thing we talk about when we go to church. No, what's feeding the foundations of who you are to see yourself as one who creates the very environment everywhere you go? That perhaps because of your plantation in the sense that where you are planted, there is fruit for the kingdom of God. Whoa, blessed is the man who is not like this, but blessed is the one who is like this. Oh, then things change about endurance. Endurance has more to do with the acknowledgement of where your foundation is and what it's actually producing. So, perhaps a different nuance about Olympics, but more so about who we are in Christ as a whole. There is this beautiful passage at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, where we have this kind of almost goodbye from John to the churches. And it goes like this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. And what does he say? I am the what? I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. I, Jesus, am the root. The root. This morning, consider two things. What's feeding you? And what are you producing? If you're producing what you don't like, perhaps you need to check up what's feeding it. Perhaps it's your friends, family, whatever that may be. Reevaluation. Think it through. Look it over. What is actually being produced due to your roots? Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ.
it's so good to know that we are in you. And we thank you so much for your compassion. We thank you so much for your mercy and grace lavishly drenched on us. <laughs> We're so excited because we start realizing that all of us are fruits of the work of Jesus. All of us have been produced by Jesus. All of us are a result out of the love that God has for us. Praise be to your name. This morning, we thank you so much that because of this root, Jesus, we're actually here. It's so good to know you. And we as a people are simply just wanting to know you a bit more. We thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen. Thank you. 
mentioned earlier, God is moving. He's always moving. And the reality is there are moments when I want to give up because it seems uncertain, doubtful or nonsensical and sometimes it's the sort of environment we belong to that triggers something about how we respond to God that sometimes environment sounds like marriage sometimes that sounds like parenting sometimes that sounds like church leader volunteer pastor doctor lawyer worker sometimes it just sounds like I just don't feel it anymore this morning I'd like to pray for the one who would like to join me in prayer for us that when things seem shaky we have the courage to tell the Lord change my roots change my roots because they're trying to pull out change my roots can I pray for you this morning and if that's okay I would like for you to join me up here because I don't take that lightly marriages can be stronger if we just give it to the Lord parenting would be easier if we just give it to the Lord. Church leadership would be easier if we gave it to the Lord. Work would be a little less easier if we give it to the Lord. If you want to pray with me, I invite you to come on up. Because I want you to leave perhaps with a possible change in the roots in the roots 
so that you may endure when things seem hard for you. Is that okay? Lovely to see your faces. God is good. What do you say? I don't know where you may be, teenager, young, old, thinking about your grandchildren, thinking about your own children, who perhaps you think are no longer have roots. You're concerned that they may be wayward or withered, or you think or perceive that somebody next to you is no longer wanting anything to do with the right rooting. Wherever you may be, the Lord knows that. Can I tell you that much? But perhaps as we leave, think about for yourself or for somebody else, perhaps there's something in the roots that just isn't there. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's just arrogance. Maybe it's just not having trust. I'll give you a couple seconds. Tell the Lord what that is. That in Jesus' name, He will work it out for you. Is that okay? Give you a couple seconds. Let us pray. Our Lord, you are working here this morning. We are your people because of Jesus Christ. And he is the one that told us to ask anything in his name. So this morning, as a body, we're asking in Jesus' name that you help us recognize that one or two roots that might be hindering fruit for your kingdom. But first, we begin with ourselves. Lord, give us the courage to just simply give it to you, whatever that may be. Secondly, we also are asking that you help us to bear fruit. It's possible that we've just been bare or dry trees, but only you evaluate that. And we're just asking that your Spirit works in us in a mighty way as you promised to us, and that we can produce for the work that you are doing in the world, that you would draw all people to yourself. But also, lastly, whenever tribulation comes our way, help us not to fear. Some, in, some of us are not waiting for tribulation. We're going through it whatever that may be. 
Give us courage to trust you. To say, Lord, this is your work and not mine. And if it is your work, you will deal with it. And may you grant us the grace that is needed to endure. To endure well. To endure with fruit. To endure with creating an environment from which others are able to feed from. We pray for our church that Spring Meadows as a whole, that we also place our lives in deep roots in you, and that this Spring Meadows body family is able to feed its environment so that the produce of the kingdom of God is grown there too. We thank you for the promise that you would never leave us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless every single one of you this morning. If you are wanting to pray further about something in detail or perhaps something in, in, in regards to just this morning, you will have the elders up here that you can pray with them with, and so we invite you to do that at this moment. If not, may the Lord bless you as we head out.